Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are tales of some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Anything to do to help. Tanya was a patient that I met in my neuro-oncology clinic. She'd been a patient at one of the local neurosurgery groups and had a history of a low-grade astrocytoma, which had been resected years ago. She'd come in after her doctor, who had originally operated on her, had retired, and because she hadn't had any active surgical lesions, was referred to me to follow up on her case. As I read her referral letter, I noted that she'd been diagnosed in her 20s and initially had some pretty severe deficits, at least by report. The notes from neurosurgery weren't particularly helpful in the determination of her neurologic exam, as we would do as neurologists, but it seemed as if the patient otherwise had been doing quite well, actually, subsequently with her bi-yearly appointments and MRI scans with her previous doctor, although the details were somewhat sparse. When I walked into the examination room, I was struck by the patient's careful attire with a smart pinstripe business suit, running shoes, and her curly black hair tied back in a bun. She looked like she was going or coming from a business meeting, which I asked her about. I'm a paralegal, she noted, smiling. I work for a group on the coast. I noted to her that was a long way away, and she noted that she'd been with that group for many years, and she really liked them. So I take the train there and back, work and listen to my podcast during the ride, said the patient. What I noticed in this brief interchange was the slight hesitancy of her voice at times with an inconsistent cadence as she spoke. She didn't seem to have word-finding difficulties, but it was the flow of words that seemed to be just a bit off. I noted this in my written notes before asking the patient about how she'd been doing since her last visit with her now-retired neurosurgeon. We began with some cursory examination of her mental status, and while she was somewhat slow in responses, the majority of her exam was actually quite good. But one thing that stood out was, when stressed, like asking her to do a couple of things at once, her language skills deteriorated, in that she had difficulty expressing herself and had to take a few moments to recompose in order to answer questions on repeating, spelling, reading, and the like. It was only perceptible when she felt on the spot, which was with most of the examination. On the physical part of the exam, the only part she seemed to have difficulty with was walking in a tightrope fashion. Otherwise, she seemed to be doing quite well. I was actually quite surprised how well she did do given the initial exam reported at her evaluation by her neurosurgeon, and suggested the resiliency of the brain, particularly when younger. I told the patient she seemed to have done really very well, and she nodded, but then hesitated. Doctor, I really have to say, I notice my speaking is really bad, said Tonya, a bit teary-eyed. And you know what? When things are more than routine that we have a deadline or something, even my typing gets plugged up. I asked her what she meant about being plugged up, and she noted with a slight shake in her voice, it's like a dam is put there. No words come out. I know what I want to say or type, and it's just like being held back. I nodded, encouraging the patient to continue. 
Well, then all of a sudden it floods past and all of the time I can't catch up. And I just grab a few of the words here and there. But that's when I have to type things again. I had not heard of this type of description before, but it was poignant and well articulated. So how do you cope with it? I asked Tonya, trying to learn about this hesitancy than hyperexpression. Well, I've learned when it happens, I need to slow down, not panic, slow my mind down. So when the words come out or back, I can catch them. I was fascinated by this and noting that her tumor was in the area of the brain where often an expressive aphasia occurs. It did make some sense, although it was unusual for word finding difficulty as described. But this patient described a slowing or stoppage of language, allowing the words or of a thought to proceed. This was a bit different than the usual expressive aphasia, but perhaps still related to difficulties in language, where at least for a moment, the words weren't coming into consciousness, but then all of a sudden they would. And doctor, you know, this is a problem, right? A paralegal needs to be able to write, if not talk. And we often have to get things done under a tight schedule. I usually have to work on the train just to keep up. Is there anything that can be done for this? I asked the patient if she'd been to speech therapy, which she hadn't. So we planned to send the patient to that service, both to have our experienced team there evaluate and potentially treat her, but also to demonstrate her deficits and determine if this was a routine or an uncommon presentation of her symptoms. Interestingly, speech therapy felt this was an expressive aphasia, but one of a kind of disconnection, or at least slowed connection, between Broca and Wernicke's areas, those areas of the brain that subserve both expression and understanding of language. This made sense, but as I told the speech therapist, I had not seen this with lesions in that area of expressive aphasia. She told me that, as I should know, brain tumors can cause anything, since they can be infiltrative lesions, and that the evolution of these speech disorders can occur from the initial classic expressive or receptive aphasia to other forms based on the healing aspects of the brain. So this could be a post-lesion repair issue, I asked knowing my verbiage was at best inaccurate. Well, yes, this definitely could be a reconnection issue, she added, nodding. Sometimes this happens. We'll work with her so that she understands what's going on. But I don't know if we can do anything else other than what she's already done. And it seems she's done a pretty good job, to which I agreed. When I saw the patient again, after a couple of months of therapy, her exam was slightly improved, although she noted to me that inside her head, words seemed to flow better. I still try to go slow, but now the words seem to come out more controlled, maybe a sentence at a time, not like a paragraph, she noted. It's a bit easier to catch up on the words. I definitely don't have to work as hard to listen to all of them. I asked her if anything else was troublesome. No, not really. I'm just happy I can control it more. 
I told the patient I was also happy and that she'd given me something to question to my other patients who might have something very similar, but I had not asked about in the past. So thank you for that, I noted. You've taught me both something new about the brain and an approach so that it might help other patients. She smiled, a very large smile, and said to me, anything I can do to help. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.